I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Next is now. As we work our way towards Thursday, that is what is next. Uh, But what is now is many of the spiritual practices that can enhance our Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, Awesome piece today in uh, Deseret.com by our friend Maya Jaredot. Maya, thanks for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, So you you had just this powerful piece today on Deseret.com, and you spoke with six different uh, spiritual, religious uh, leaders uh, from around the country, and I want to go through some of the things that you learned and even some of the things that surprised you uh, about Mm. that as you spoke with these six faith leaders. First, just kind of give us a broad brush. What was was kind of your takeaway after all of those conversations? Well, that, you know, I mean, Thanksgiving is a national secular holiday, um, but it kind of doesn't have to be. Like, we can bring faith to the table. We can bring, you know, religious practices and religious texts and kind of deepen the meaning of the holiday for ourselves. And, and you know, part of the, the deepening, I think, of, of the meaning of the holidays, something I was thinking about is that sometimes, actually, it's it's the people who are closest to us who we have the most we struggle the most to communicate with or get along with, you know, ironically. Um, and some of the, you know, advice that the religious leaders offered are also how to deal with, you know, more difficult situations at the dinner table on Thanksgiving. So, um, yeah, there's a lot we can bring to the holiday that that can make it so much more meaningful. Yeah, I love that. And uh, a lot of times it's a lot easier to be nice to the you know, people at the store or the people at uh, at your church on a Sunday or on, on a holy day. It's a lot harder to be mm-hmm. with uh, some of your siblings or uh, with your parents and some of those things. But I want to get into some of these conversations you have. I know you uh, spoke with one of our favorite, uh, Reverend Davis, uh, Pastor Emeritus at Calvary Baptist Church here in Salt Lake City. Uh, what did you gain from uh, from Reverend Davis? Well, um, that, you know, gratitude is something we should be practicing every day, um, that we should be thankful that our life is full of blessings every day and, and large and small, you know, and that, you know, we can use the holiday to kind of open our eyes to those, those many, many gifts that God is giving us on a daily basis that, that we tend to kind of ignore or take for granted. And so the holiday can be kind of a moment to step back and reassess and, and look at those gifts and then hopefully bring that practice, you know, into our, our everyday life. Um, and it's funny because, you know, he said that, but then the, the Muslim imam I spoke to said something very similar. He said that when he sits down with his family, 
every night for dinner, towards the end of the meal, they go around the table and each say three things that they're thankful for that day. And, you know, he'll be doing that on Thanksgiving, but but really we should be doing this every day. Yeah, I love that. And uh, and I think it's, it helps, too, as we, we've been kind of talking about this idea of not just being thankful for something, but being thankful to someone for actually helping with that, whether it's, a, you know, a parent helping a child or uh, someone that you experienced in your neighborhood, being thankful for the person who delivered that for you uh, or, or made a difference for you, I think, is a, is a big thing. Uh, I know there was a uh, an interfaith service uh, at the uh, Greek Orthodox Church in Holiday, and mm-hmm. I know you also spoke with uh, the Reverend George Nickus there uh, from uh, the Elias Greek Orthodox Church. Uh, tell us about that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, we talked a little tiny bit less about gratitude and and more about kind of the how Thanksgiving kind of breaks the rhythm of of daily life. How you know so often in. America today, people don't sit down with their families to eat. And so just the act of yeah. sitting down with the family on the holiday is, is kind of revolutionary <laughs> in its own way, you know, yeah. um, and, and important, like a kind of important statement, you know, about what's important. And um, he also very much emphasized that, you know, in, in the midst of these celebrations, we shouldn't forget about the people around us who, who don't have someone to sit down with. I mean, whether because they're widowed or their family is far away, like there's a million different reasons, right? Right. And that we should welcome others, of course, to our, our table. Yeah, so important. Uh, I also love the fact that you uh, you got into looking at Thanksgiving, giving, considering it from a, a Buddhist per- uh, perspective. Tell us about that. Yeah, that was actually probably my, my favorite interview. Um, so, um, yeah, we talked a lot about how, you know, in, in Buddhism, which I, I studied a bit in university and undergrad myself, and um, and I do kind of try to bring a Buddhist practice to my, my Judaism. Um, <clears throat> in Buddhism, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on compassion and loving kindness. And, you know, like I said in the beginning, that oftentimes, ironically, it's hardest for us to extend compassion to the people who are closest to us. So something that we talked about is, is why don't we, you know, starting at the dinner table, the the goal of Buddhism is to extend loving kindness to all beings in the world. But, but as you said, Boyd, it's easier sometimes to, you know, be kind and friendly to a stranger or someone at church, but, but why don't we start at the dinner table on Thursday, you know, and just, kind of try to extend loving kindness and compassion to those immediately, you know, gathered around in this kind of ring and this circle around us, and then think outwards into ever-expanding circles, right? So you would start maybe in your own home with the people gathered around your table, and then you might, like, mentally, you know, extend that circle outwards to kind of include your neighbors, and then you might go beyond that into the larger community and you know, and then the state and then the country and then the world. And so you're really kind of meditating on that concept of, you know, extending loving kindness to, to all beings. Yeah. And I also love uh, from a Buddhist perspective, just that focus. And you mentioned this in your, your piece at Deseret.com, just that focus on the, the interdependence and connectedness yeah. uh, of yeah. all of this, I think is so important. Yeah, can I say something about that? Do Please. we have time? <laughs> okay. So um, one of the things that I thought was really interesting that um, we, we talked about in that section is that, you know, we could mentally kind of 
visualize the process that the food has gone through to arrive at the table, right? So the hands that planted, you know, the seed, um, whoever harvested it, you know, someone who packed it, you know, they're loading it onto a truck. You can imagine extending gratitude to the truck driver, you know, um, whoever at the grocery store unloaded that truck and, you know, stocked the floor. I mean, the cashier, like it's endless. And whenever you think about, you know, that, that line of production and all the people are involved, like, yeah, you're definitely starting to, to understand how deeply connected and intimately connected we all are. But it's easy, you know, to forget that in our daily lives. We're so siloed. You go and buy a tomato at the grocery store, you're not thinking about all the hands that have touched that tomato. Yeah. But if you do, you know, it really deepens your appreciation of the food. Yeah, absolutely does. It's just that complete interconnectedness. And it's really this, uh, you talk about it in terms of the cycles and the rings that are all intertwined and uh, I, I was reminded of this uh, recently from a, a good friend that it's the it's kind of a cycle of brokenness, that it's the broken cloud that releases the rain that nourishes the mm. earth. It's the broken earth that receives the seed. It's the broken seed that sprouts to become the grain. It's the broken grain that becomes flour to bake the bread. And it's the broken bread uh, that nourishes us. Uh, mm. And I love that uh, cycle. And taking that time at the Thanksgiving table uh, to just be still for a moment before we, you know, ask for the, the yams or the gravy mm-hmm. or the rolls, <laughs> uh, to just mm-hmm. be still with that. Uh, Maya, we so appreciate you joining us. It's a great piece, Deseret.com. Maya Jaredot, uh, one of our great uh, reporters and uh, favorite people on the show here. Uh, happy Thanksgiving Aww. to you and help it. And thank you for helping us get a broader perspective, uh, of how we can do this just a little different and maybe just a little more intentional this year. Appreciate your insight. Yeah, thanks for having me, Boyd. It's always a pleasure. All right. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving (laughs) to you. All right, we're going to step aside for a bottom of the hour break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to pick up on uh, an idea that's an important one. We go through Thanksgiving Thursday. We talk about Black Friday, Cyber Monday. We're going to get into the most important to me, Giving Tuesday. We're going to break that down coming up next. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.